My name is Emilian Mori and welcome to our podcast, Warrior Family. We are a family of successful entrepreneurs, visioners, hustlers, and leaders. We are compassionate, loving, fearless, and determined. We fight for love, profits, and a better world. And this podcast was made for future leaders, entrepreneurs, world changers, and families all over the world. We gained our wealth by running one of the best network marketing companies in Europe and successfully coaching and speaking empire. Our stories, tips will show you that everything is possible. And this podcast includes all the best sales, marketing, relationship, personal growth, and health advice you can get and interviews with the most successful people in the world. Our motto is, my business is not my family. My family is my business. And we are here to show you how to have it all. Hi, everybody. This is Warrior Family, and I'm Similian Mori. And you are all here, my friends, because you believe that we can all create and live the life we deserve and we can have it all. But in order to live the life that we deserve, we have to do something about it. And my goal within this show is to bring you special guests, share with you all the tips, their habits, their productivity hacks, their life hacks, mindset, beliefs, internet, sales, marketing strategies that will help you become the person you want to become. And today I have a special guest. His name is Simone Vincenzi. Hello, Simone. Hello, Smilian. Hello, Simone. He's from Italy and he's uh, known as the expert strategist and he's the co-founder of GTEx. He's a Forbes Entrepreneur Magazine and Huffington Post contributor, TEDx speaker and host of the podcast Explode Your Expert Business. He's the author of three life-changing books and every year, He speaks in front of more than 5,000 business leaders, which includes sharing the stage with Big Les Brown, Dr. John Demartini, Simon Sinek, John C. Maxwell, and many others. And Simone is also passionate about not only turning experts into authorities, but he's passionate about didgeridoo. (laughs) Yes, I am. (laughs) Simone, welcome to, <laughs> to, to our show. It's a pleasure to be here. So you are the expert of experts. I'm uh, the expert of experts. And indeed. what is this? And you that's one of my too. other... Yeah, you know, I think, uh, as you know, uh, Smilian, in life uh, is not just about business. Yeah. Business is an important part for a business owner, but it doesn't have to be everything. So one of my passions, I've got two other passions. Yeah. One is basketball. Yes which we can talk about later. But another one is music. And I <laughs> yeah. found that, uh, found a big passion in playing this big boy, my didgeridoo, yes. When, when did you start to play didgeridoo? Four years ago. Four years ago, how Four. that happened? Have you ever been to a very boring party? Uh, many times. Right, <laughs> and uh, you know when you're like, oh my God, I really want to go home right now. Yeah. And uh, I was stuck in that boring party in Cambridge and uh, it was, I hitchhiked, so I hitchhiked my way to Cambridge from London, and I was there at this party. And it was so boring, and it was 2 o'clock in the morning, and I couldn't go home up until the yeah. day after. So I look around the room, and in the corner, there was a didgeridoo. <laughs> I said, you know what? Party's so boring, I got to do something about this. So I took the didgeridoo, and I went on YouTube how to play the didgeridoo. And for the next five hours, up until seven o'clock in the morning, practicing. I started practicing and playing. 
But that's not all. I came back from Cambridge to London. Yeah. And um, I don't know if in Slovenia happens the same way, but when you are, when people are moving house, they're leaving all their stuff they don't want outside the door for other people to pick. I don't know if that happens the same. I don't know. But, it, but let's, it, let's suppose that it in happens. London, yeah. In London or in UK, yeah, that's yeah. what happened. You're moving house, all the things you don't need, you put them outside and the door. And somebody will pick it up. And somebody will pick it up that they need. That's great. You don't have to pay any services. Thank you. <laughs> Guess what I found in front of my doorsteps? No. <laughs> Did you redo? Did you redo? I'm like, okay, so no. if this is a sign. <laughs> Jesus. And then that's how I started playing it. So can you, can you show us? Of course, absolutely. So how do you play? So there are a few things that you're doing. Yeah. Um, it's a very, quite a complex instrument because you only play with your mouth. Mm -hmm. And as you see, there is a hole in here. Yes. And there is nothing else. It's a, it's, a, it's a tube with a hole. And so what you're doing, you are using this movement of the lips, which is... That's step number one. Step number two is to learn circular breathing. Mm. which means inhaling and exhaling at the same time. That's a bit tricky to learn. It's like a meditation act. <laughs> it is. At the same time, yeah. I'll show you in a minute. And then uh, you will need to use your cheeks and the airs in your cheeks, your voice, your diaphragm, opening the throat, and that's how you make all the different sound at the same time. So I'll show you... I'll show you two different ways, okay. because uh, I believe that you can play the didgeridoo the traditional way and my way. So I'll show you the traditional first, okay. and then I'll show you my way. Okay. Okay? So guys, don't leave us. You know, we will get to the business stuff very soon and to speaking, how to build a speaking empire and everything. But first, let's have some fun. This is part of branding too, by the way. <laughs> I'll, let you, I'll let you know in a moment as yeah. well, why am I doing this? So why, why are you doing, doing this? <laughs> a lot of practice. <laughs> yeah. A lot of practice. Uh, the, fr the first time I played, it sounded like a fart. First time I yeah. played, it sounded like this. Yeah. And because I think it's the same thing in business, right? Yeah. yeah. You start doing something. And it mm. sounds like shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then you practice, you become better. So you can make the first sound. That, and then you add something nice. different. And that's the, I, I use didgeridoo as a metaphor for business because uh, like in business, you're starting small, you're starting simple. Mm -hmm. And in particular, at the beginning, you're making a lot of mistakes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You think you're doing something great, but actually, it sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah. And then the more you practice business, uh, sales, marketing, managing a team, leading a team, then the better you become. And the better you become, the more money you make. And then for other people, it sounds awesome. 
Like, oh my God, how do you do that? He's million, you're so great. He's the master. How do you do that? How do you yeah, build all yeah, your businesses, yeah, yeah. all these Instagram followers? How do you do Smillion? Yeah, overnight. Overnight, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but playing the didgeridoo, I found that uh, uh, that was the traditional way. Mm -hmm. And everything I do in life, I want to do something different. I want to make it mine. Okay. So is that okay if I play you in a different Absolutely. way? So I decided to implement a beatboxing and didgeridoo at the same time. I would like to hear. Let's hear how it sounds. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. But again, this is a metaphor. Because uh, when you're doing your when you're running your business, yeah. you need to stand out. Yeah. You need to stand out from the crowd. You need to stand out from the competition. And if you're doing what everyone else is doing, yeah. you're never gonna make it. Yeah. Or you're just competing on price, you're not gonna be a remember, you're not gonna be memorable. And you said before, this is a brand new exercise. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. People might not remember anything of what I say, didgeridoo they remember. but they remember the Italian dude who Play played the, the didgeridoo. didgeridoo. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's what they remember, right? Jesus. If you are enjoying interview so far, make sure to follow me on other social media. You will find me on YouTube and Facebook as Million Mori Warrior Family, on Instagram as Smilion Mori and on LinkedIn and Twitter as Smilian Mori, S-M-I-L-J-A-N-M-O-R-I. So uh, let's start uh, in Italy. Yeah. When, di uh, when did you move to UK? We are in London right now. Yeah. You're Italian, moved to London, which is unusual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is unusual, but yeah. why? Why? What happened? Uh, I was 21 years old, mm -hmm. and uh, before I used to manage Michelin star restaurants when I was in Italy. Mm -hmm. I had a very early career, because uh, when I was 14, my parents split up, and there was no more money in the house. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to do something, you know, to have the money to go to my girlfriend and put fuel in, in my scooter to and to buy some cool sunglasses, <laughs> to go on holiday with my like friends. Like all the Italians. Ex exactly, you yeah. know, and uh, to get a nice watch. Yeah, yeah, nice suit. <laughs> and um, I, so I started working in a restaurant when I was 14, and by the age of 19, I, I already worked in more than 300 different restaurants. Wow. And I became the youngest Michelin-style restaurant manager in Europe. And that's why when I moved to the UK, because someone saw me working in a restaurant and said, mm -hmm. I have a Michelin-style restaurant in London. I like your style. Do you want to come and work for me? It was a better pay. I had more holidays. No-brainer. I was 21, to nothing to lose. Worst case scenario, I go back you to go Italy. Back. I, I would find a job anytime. And uh, I decided to, so I called my mom. I said, mom. I'm moving to London. And the response? When? In two weeks. 
<laughs> but you know, I don't know if it's uh, like this also in uh, in Eastern Europe. But you find that in Italy, generally people live with their parents up until Absolutely. they are thirty years old, thirty-five years in old. In Slovenia, up until they are forty-five. Right. <laughs> or till the rest of their life. <laughs> exactly. And so, when I was 18, I was already out of the house. I don't know how my friends are still living with their parents. We have many mother's sons in Slovenia. Uh, it's, it's, it's like, it, isn't it? I think it's a, it's a beautiful thing because there is a, a much bigger, yeah. bigger family culture but. than in London. But I think it's a, too far on the other side. Yeah, there needs yeah. to be some independence at some point. So for my mom, it was a heartbreak. Absolutely. And so she didn't take it well. She didn't talk to me for more than three years because mm. she did took it very personal. We had a lot of other problems going mm -hmm. to the house. So I knew that my choice was a very difficult choice mm -hmm. because it meant leaving my mom, my little brother, mm -hmm. all the situation that was happening with my father that was an alcoholic and all the problems mm -hmm. that were happening there after the divorce. But at the same time, I had to make a decision for myself. And I said, do I want to keep being involved in this problem or do I want to make something, a name for myself? Mm -hmm. And at the same, I decided that I had to live my life. Not neglecting my family, okay. still giving them the support Absolutely. that they needed. But uh, I would have regret not to have come to the UK. And uh, based on the result, it worked out pretty well. Yeah, but <laughs> Now then you came here, you started as a manager at the Michelin restaurant? I started, yeah, as a supervisor. How did you get into yeah. the speaking, coaching business? I, I'm like you, I got bored. Ah, <laughs> get bored fast. I'm like you, I got bored How long fast. you were in the restaurant business in UK? Well, in the UK, uh, one and a half years. And after one and a half, two years. So. Please tell me, like many people are watching now, yeah. they are in, the, uh, in, the, in their life, they want to change their career. Mm -hmm. They are bored with some business that they have, maybe traditional, maybe they are bored yeah. what they are doing, they are slaves to their jobs, and they want to break into another niche or market or start with another business. And yeah. information, product, marketing, speaking, coaching, business, it's a very lucrative business. It is a very lucrative business. But it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy because uh, it's not easy because it's easy to get in. Yeah. yeah. Which means yeah. And because there, is no there are school. no barriers. Yeah. And no school for there this. is no barriers. Yeah. Uh, there are some schools, but there are some courses and accreditations, but, but they're not regulated and you know some some of them are really good. Some of them Yeah, but don't this, get this is not this is not the, the, the marketing and that's that's branding. very different because it's about uh, First of all, you need to be great mm -hmm. at doing something. Yeah. And you need to be great in your topic of expertise. If you're not great, people will find out. Yeah. That's why you'll find a lot of people that will start immediately yeah. and they will say, go on social media, oh, I'm great at doing this, I'm mm -hmm. great at doing that. After six months, where oh, are they gone? Yeah. Don't see them anymore. Because they're not good at what they do. Yeah. Yeah. And on the other side, you need to have the business experience to treat your expertise is a business. Yeah. Because uh, being great at something doesn't mean that you're going to be a great business owner. Absolutely. You can be a great skilled person. If you are, can be a great skilled waiter, yeah. that doesn't mean you're going to have your own restaurant, right? Yeah. Same thing. You can be passionate, you can have knowledge, but. Thank you. Business is something different. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why, for example, uh, for me, it took me 
to make the transition, full, the full transition, it took me three and a half years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So after three and a half years, I made the decision, I'm not going to work here anymore in restaurants and I want to create a new career mm -hmm. for myself. It took me three and a half years of working part-time, doing different contracts. Uh, uh, first of all, because I, it was something completely new. So mm -hmm. I needed to build my expertise. I needed to build my knowledge in the coaching field mm -hmm. because it was new. And I was 22, 22, 23 years old at the time. Very young. Very young. And um, so a lot of people will not believe or trust me when I say, Absolutely. hey, I'm a life coach. How old are you? 22. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe I'll hire someone who has a bit more life experience. Yeah. I, I cannot a little blame. bit more longer life. <laughs> I, I cannot blame them. Yeah. So that's why I did more than 200 sessions for free. I coached more than 200 people for free. And um, I, so when someone was saying, oh, well, I think you are too young and you're not good at what you do. I will take out my folder and I had like these pages read and pages of testimonials. Case. I'm like, read. And mm. so that, they couldn't say anything there. Smart. And that's how I was able to make this transition. But it took me three and a half years from the moment I've decided, I attended my first seminar mm -hmm. and I said, mm -hmm. that's what I want to do. Mm -hmm. To the moment I was able to cover my basic, mm -hmm. to cover my bills mm -hmm. and say, okay, I can now work for mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. But right now, you're helping your clients to do this much faster. Absolutely. Okay, so what is the secret now that you didn't know back then? Yeah, um, okay, what is the secret that I didn't know back then? Okay, the secret that I didn't know back then is that it takes time. <laughs> if I have to reveal the real secret that I didn't know back then is that this is not uh, a short journey and to become someone in your field, someone who is respected with a good mm -hmm. reputation, someone who is trustworthy, someone that can say, hey, look at how many people I've worked with, mm -hmm. it takes time. So if everyone is here just for one year or two, don't even bother mm -hmm. because it's not gonna work. Mm -hmm. Now, having said that, there are a few things that, uh, and this is the four pillars that we teach in our yep. courses, in our Explode Your Expert Business mm -hmm. courses, which is having the perfect business strategy, so Initially, you need to treat this like a business. Yeah. This is not a hobby. You need to know how to market, how to sell, what is the vision, why you are your customers, what are your sales targets, the mm -hmm. systems that you're going to use, the people that you're going to hire. You need to treat this like a business. Then once you treat this like a business, then you can go to pillar number two, which is having a clear, defined signature program mm -hmm. that becomes your brand. For example, mine is Explode Your Expert Biz. Everything is Explode Your mm -hmm. Expert Biz. Our seminars, our online courses, mm -hmm. our books, our journal, all the products, everything is Explode Your Expert mm -hmm. Biz. And the signature system is your intellectual properties. Mm -hmm. Because, Million, that's how we get paid. Yeah. Right? We get paid for what sits in here. That's our intellectual property. By putting that into a system, then people can relate to mm -hmm. it and they can buy it. And then we are looking at the, th the third pillar, which is growing your audience, mm -hmm. which you're brilliant at. Growing your social media following, uh, creating a big audience that loves you, follows you, buys from you. Yeah. And then we are going to the fourth pillar, which is uh, uh, media attraction. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. how do we attract media like Forbes, mm -hmm. Entrepreneur Magazine, Inc., mm -hmm. Fast Track Company, Sky? How do you get interviewed on podcasts like this one mm -hmm. or go on a radio show consistently? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because by having all these four things working together, 
that's where you, you not only show the world that you're great at what you do, but also you can deliver a great value to your clients mm -hmm. and you're recognized. So when someone goes and Googles you, then they trust you. Yeah. And that's the secret, secret <laughs> if there yeah. is any secret. <laughs> so what is the best strategy that you recommend to experts right now? Uh, seminars. Right. Seminars? Seminars yeah. all way long. Live events? Live events. A few reasons for that. Mm -hmm. The online space is super crowded. Mm -hmm. Much more crowded than... You surprised me right now. The offline space. I expected you would say online courses. Nope. So seminars, okay. The reason why is a very simple thing. I, uh, is in business, you stand out if you do something different. So if everyone is focusing online, everyone is saying online, 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 and you're, it means there are more people offline now that are left alone. And that's one of the reasons why. So the trend is going online, online, mm -hmm. online. I'm saying, great, there is now all these people here that they want the live events. Mm -hmm. They're mine. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then the other reason why it is because um, to build trust and relationship online, it takes a long time. Mm -hmm. yeah. You need to create a lot of content, to have a great brand, to have a great reputation. Uh, people need to see you at least now 30, 40 times. Before it was seven times before making a decision. Nice. Now it's 30 to 40 times before they buy a $7 product. Only. Only, right? So to make a small sale, there is a lot of brand equity that you need to put in place. But when you're running a seminar, what happens? Yeah, you can build trust report. instantly, yeah. Eastern report, Eastern relationship. Why? Because we Especially are human Especially if beings. you play didgeridoo. If you're playing the didgeridoo, <laughs> that's added bonus. <laughs> but even if you don't play didgeridoo, yeah. it's Eastern relationship. I mean, we connected, that's we spoke right. on the phone before, earlier, we spoke on Facebook, but we connected more, I felt we connected more in the 30 minutes that we have for yeah. breakfast yes. than in all the interactions yes. that we had. Yeah. It's normal. We're humans. Mm -hmm. So the moment that you are in front of a real human in a live mm -hmm. setting, mm -hmm. that's the moment when you shorten the gap between them making a decision mm -hmm. of liking you, trusting you, and then buying from mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. And immediately you can sell something in the hundreds or thousands of dollars or pounds, whatever currency you use, yeah, yeah. euros, <laughs> you name it. But that's why for someone going immediately into the offline space, it makes your business much more profitable at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise people wait years to build the audience necessary, which is needed just to make a few hundred dollars a month. Well, I'm saying take a few months mm -hmm. and make thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, you need to be good at presenting. Yeah. Because it's not something saying, well, if you don't know how to speak in public, or <laughs> people are not going to buy. But, yeah. given, but you need to be good at presenting even if you're online. And selling. <laughs> and selling. Yeah. And so, you are one of the best well, regards to closing and selling from stage. That's what people say. Yeah, I heard, I heard <laughs> I, it. I let, I, let, I, let them, yeah. I let them say that. <laughs> but it's not only about selling, it's about serving, probably. It's the same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Uh, if I was, um, I'm reading, I'm writing another article for Forbes recently mm -hmm. on, uh, and the title was, uh, uh, that I've been commissioned to write was, Will, will Micro Businesses Thrive During Brexit? 
Mm -hmm. And I say, of course they will. Because if you go back to the nature and the pure essence of business, what is a business? It's a solution mm -hmm. to a problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's it. So there are always problems and there are always solutions to be made. Yeah. So then as long as you're able to share and uh, you're giving value and you're explaining things in a way that mm -hmm. is captivating and people want to understand, they will always buy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As long as the message is right and it's for the right person. Mm -hmm. I agree. So you mentioned live events. Yeah. Do you think your own events or be a guest speaker of somebody's event? What, what is the strategy? What is the yeah, both. fast boat? You need to have okay. both. Because, uh, so if you don't have any audience, mm -hmm. for example, when we started, we didn't have any audience. Absolutely. No one knew us. No one was following us. We were two 24-year-old kids mm -hmm. that were starting out with me and my business yeah, partner. So how did you start? So we started immediately with our own event. Mistake. Okay. Because it was impossible to fill Listen. the room. Yeah. It was impossible to fill the room. So I remember we spent two months marketing this event. At the end, on the night of the event, we had four people. Mm. Two were the speakers that we hired for the night. One was my business partner's father. And the other one was the only person who arrived that we, we chained at the chairs like, no, you're not leaving this room right now. <laughs> you're the only. <laughs> you're the only participant here, so they're not going to get you, let you go. And uh, so that was the big mistake uh, that we made. Uh, and what we realize is that it needs to be, they both uh, need to be present. Mm -hmm. So you need to go and speak on other people's events mm -hmm. so then people see you mm -hmm. and then they can register for your own mm -hmm. event. Mm -hmm. And then at your own event, it's much easier to convert them mm -hmm. because uh, you're playing in house, like yeah, it's, it's, yeah. you're playing home. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's like when mm -hmm. you, if you're Real Madrid and you're playing home, you have more advantage if you're playing against Juventus yeah. <laughs> and uh, you're playing in, uh, in, in Italy instead of playing in, in, in Spain. Your yard. <laughs> uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's the same thing. When people come to your event, your conversions will always be higher. Because you're in control, you're in charge mm -hmm. of the entire experience, you're in charge of the entire sales process. In particular, if you're the only one speaking mm -hmm. there, mm -hmm. the more speakers you have, the less the conversion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In particular, if you have a small audience, a small room, don't invite external speakers. Mm -hmm. Just keep the pie for yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because if you have hundreds or thousands of people, it's great. Then but if you have 10 sense. people, yeah. focus on converting those 10 people and getting yeah, them as yeah, your clients. Yeah. Yeah. And then you use the, and the external events to constantly build a, a new, fresh audience mm -hmm. to then funnel to your event. Mm -hmm. But because they have already seen you live and they don't come from an online space, then the conversion at your event or the conversion mm -hmm. at that event as well is way higher than anything you can have online. Mm -hmm. Those are paid speaking gigs or you are just speaking for free, sharing <laughs> revenues? <laughs> this, is a very good, this is a very good point. Now, is the speaking business is a business, and there are different business models. You have being paid to speak when you get paid up front. Yeah. You, have, you can be an event promoter when you promote the event and you have other speakers selling, and then you take a share of the sales. And you can run your own event, so mm -hmm. being an event organizer, where you are um, selling and then keeping everything, but then you're in charge also filling the room. And then you can speak for free for other people and mm -hmm. then sell. And then you will have a split with the event organizer who organized that event. Okay. So these are the different business models yes. that you can have as a speaker. Right. I personally believe that no speaking gig is a free speaking gig. Mm. That's my belief. Great point. 
<laughs> so when someone says, uh, are you going to speak for free? No. I, no, I never go and speak for free because uh, somehow, I, if I'm going there, there is a reason why. It can be to build my list. And if you think about it, if you have to build your list on Facebook ads, you will need to pay money. Absolutely. Right? And now, right now, it's not getting cheaper. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> the golden days of Facebook ads, they're gone. They are still one of the cheapest ways. Yeah, but much but more expensive. Much more expensive than it was two or three years ago. So even if I want to build my list, I will go there and speak, even if I'm not allowed to sell, because I'm building a relationship mm -hmm. for people with people that are going to buy later on. Mm -hmm. If uh, I can sell there, great, I get paid for an amount of money I sell. And every time I speak now, I always make money, always. Mm -hmm. But I've been doing now this uh, for five and a half years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> as, a, as a professional speaker, I've run more than 800 events. So I've got a lot of experience under my belt here. Mm -hmm. it, at the beginning, it wasn't like that. Yeah. I was doing a lot of, I think I did more than 20 events before I made my first sale. Wow. I was, I was rubbish. There is a lesson there. I was rubbish. <laughs> yeah, the lesson was I was rubbish. <laughs> and so uh, you thought, I'm good at delivering the content. I will give everything what I know. But at the end, they left. The, the, the seminar and they didn't buy and they didn't invest yeah. in their future or you didn't know how to sell them the bigger future? Both. 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 Uh, I think that uh, is normal as a speaker when you're starting out to go with the mindset of I need to deliver everything I know yeah. because I need to wow the audience. I need to make sure that they see that I know my stuff and so what happens you put an insane amount of content in a very short space of time. Mm -hmm. They don't remember. They don't remember. They get overwhelmed. They stop listening. But in your mind, mm -hmm. as a speaker, you're like, oh, I did a great job. I delivered everything yeah. I know. Oh, that was great. That was, it doesn't work that way. But I think it's uh, important for a speaker to go through that process because then otherwise they wouldn't know the difference. They wouldn't know what's right or wrong. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I started delivering a lot of things for free and I uh, was over delivering and then uh, I didn't know how to sell. So I had to learn how to sell, how to deliver the right amount of mm -hmm. content. I didn't have a product. I didn't know my audience. There are a lot of reasons why mm -hmm. I couldn't make mm -hmm. money or I wasn't able to make money. But then the more events I was doing, the more I was understanding what my audience was mm -hmm. looking for, what people were looking for. And that's the trick. I didn't see as I wasted time. It was next time necessary for me to understand my business, my audience, my style, my content, mm -hmm. the program that I was going to sell. And uh, it, it takes time. It takes time. Of course, now we have processes where we can help our clients to do. If you're working with someone that knows what they're doing, they're going to shorten the time because they're going to say, mm -hmm. you need this, this, this in place. But I cannot guarantee it's going to happen the first time or the second time or the third time. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. And that's fine too. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm uh, annoyed with this industry because it's all about instant gratification. Yeah. People don't have, uh, don't understand a lot of times mm -hmm. that there is nothing wrong if something takes longer to be created. Actually, it's, it feels better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it feels better. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and people need to put the work in, and need to find their style. It's not about uh, being a copycat of someone else's material. Yeah. It's about creating your own material, your own products, your own services, and that takes time. Unless you already know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. If you already know what you're doing, 
you can just put some piece of the puzzle together and it's great. But if you're starting from scratch, it takes about three to five years. Mm. Wow. You mentioned Forbes. Yeah. So what is your secret formula to get on Forbes, entrepreneur and all these outlets, media outlets? I listened to your webinar yeah. and I took many notes. Was it, was it good? Wow, that's a great one. <laughs> Thank you. So can you share with my audience? Absolutely. Why yeah. to get on Forbes and how? Okay, so first of all, uh, just to put some frames, uh, for those of you, for very few people that don't know what Forbes is, mm -hmm. there are a few magazines uh, and online publications uh, that will give you massive credibility in your field. Mm -hmm. They're recognized as the institutions in, uh, um, in the leadership field, in the thought yeah. leadership field in particular on the business world. One is Forbes, Entrepreneur Magazine, The Huffington Post, Inc., Fast Track Company, uh, there are a few yeah, more, yeah. but these are the ones that uh, are the most important. Now, the, the reason why you want to be there, it is because uh, when someone goes on your website or when someone introduces you and says, he has been featured on Forbes, now it means that you've been featured alongside the most brilliant minds yeah, yeah. in business ever. Therefore, it builds your credibility. And that means builds your trust. And the more trust you have, the more people will buy mm -hmm, from you. Mm -hmm. So that's the reason why you want to be on Forbes or Entrepreneur or other magazines. Now, how do you get in there? Yeah. Is, a, is a relationship game. Is a relationship game. The thing that doesn't work is to send a cold pitch saying, hey, dear journalist, at the editorial in particular. So you can find the email address of the editorial team. Then you send them a cold pitch saying, I would love to write an article yes. about how I've transformed my life from uh, underpaid to starting my own business. Yeah, there are thousands of... <laughs> They receive Similar. thousands of applications like this every single day. What are the chances they're going to pick you? Zero. Zero. Zero point one. Yeah, zero point one. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's give it a slack, okay? Zero point one. So it's a relationship game. What you need to do and what you want to do is to connect with someone else who is writing for that publication that you want to target mm -hmm. and is writing on the same topics that you want. So for example, uh, let's say in my case, I teach public speaking. Mm -hmm. That's one of the topics that I teach, or sales or marketing. One of the things that I would do, I would go on Forbes and look at for public speaking as a, in the search bar. Mm -hmm. Now it will give me all the articles that talk about public speaking. Now the articles are written by a real human being, awesome. Which means that then I can connect with them mm -hmm. on Twitter, or LinkedIn, mm -hmm. on Facebook, and what most people will do at this stage, they will say, hey, Johnny, let's say Johnny's writing, hey, Johnny, can you please feature me on Forbes? I got this story. Again, that doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny receives Did a you thousands. Try? Did you try? Of course. <laughs> That's why I can say it doesn't work. I think I made every single mistake that could possibly may, because I'm a person that is not afraid to take action. Yeah. And that's what happened. You take a lot of mistakes. You pull the trigger. Pull the wow. trigger. 
and then if he hits the aim, great. Otherwise, you adjust <laughs> as we go along. That's how I am as a personality. Probably are very similar. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the best way is then to go and connect with a journalist and give them resources, mm -hmm. build that relationship. So if someone, most of the time, they will be active on Twitter, and then you will connect with them on Twitter and say, hey, Johnny, I loved your article about public speaking. Thank you very much. And then you share it as well to your audience. So now I'm Johnny, I'm seeing this tweet. I'm like, oh, thank you very much, mm -hmm. Maria, for yeah. sharing. Yeah. I appreciate it. Two days later, hi, Johnny, loved your article, but I believe, uh, I, th I also think about this. And then now you give it like a slightly controversial point of view. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Something a bit different to add to what the journalist is saying but not to discredit their work, yeah, yeah, okay? Absolutely. So not about discrediting their work, but saying, I also have this to add to the conversation. But thank you very much, great article, and again, you share it. Now I've seen you twice. Do this for four or five times. Mm -hmm. Sharing, commenting, adding resources. Sometimes you can say, hey, I've got this person who can be a great fit for your article, so you make an introduction, mm -hmm. a connection. Because I'm a journalist, so yeah, what I yeah. need as a journalist, I need content. content yeah. And I need people that can give me this content. So you are providing an adding value to the journalist. And then after four or five times, then you're saying, hey, Johnny, I also speak about this topic too. If you ever need any help or someone to give an idea or opinion on the topic, let me know I'm available. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then you keep following up on that conversation, still giving value up until the point where Johnny is coming to you and say, hey, Maria, I will need you to write this article for me. And that's one of the best ways to get featured in any publication mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you want, any media you want. I got on Sky Television for that, uh, BBC Radio, you name it, is always the same strategy. Being useful, being valuable, build relationship, and being relevant. Wow, great tip. Do you want to become extremely confident in a short period of time? Download my free ebook Warrior Mindset at www.warriorfamily.com and learn the best mental hacks and strategies to build your confidence. Uh, what about speaking yes. from stage? What is the main skill somebody should master to speak from stage? You know, yeah. many of them they say I'm not born speaker. <laughs> Is this a skill or? It is a skill. It is a skill. It's not natural ability. It can be a natural ability. It can be. Like with everything. Uh, you can be naturally gifted, mm -hmm. lucky. And uh, you can put the hours of training. Mm -hmm. The reality is that persistence and perseverance will always uh, beat gifts mm -hmm. if they are not trained. So you can, even if you were not uh, as natural and talented mm -hmm. at the beginning, but you put more hours in, mm -hmm. in the training and becoming a great speaker, you will become better mm -hmm. than mm -hmm. the person who is naturally gifted and is doing nothing at all about it. Mm -hmm. Because uh, speaking is not just about holding a microphone. Mm -hmm. That's what a lot of speakers do, holding a microphone. And I'm sharing a story. Oh, mm -hmm. beautiful. That's not... Speaking, that's a small part of it. Mm -hmm. That's the beginner part. 
And then you need to add a lot of more complex skills that they happen with training. Mm -hmm. So if someone wants to start, let's divide, if someone wants to start it for someone who's already yeah. a speaker. So if someone wants to start, the best thing you can do is to join a speaker club. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of speaker clubs all over the world. Toastmaster. Here in London, there is a great one called the Speakers Express. Mm -hmm. We have one called Sovereign Speakers that we are launching soon. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of communities that create a safe environment for you mm -hmm. to practice. To practice yeah. Where no one is, is there to judge. No one is there to say, oh, that presentation wasn't good. Mm -hmm. If you make a mistake, you have nothing to lose because you're not selling anything at that stage, mm -hmm. but you're becoming better. And uh, I've, um, there is uh, um, my first, very first speaker trainer, which was called Quinnington Swain, we spoke yeah, about yeah. this morning. It drilled into me one lesson, which is stage time equals wealth time. Stage time equals wealth time. Yeah, elaborate a little bit. Every time you're on stage, every time you're on camera, every time you can get, you have the opportunity to get your message out to, to people, always say yes. Mm. Always. If it's in a library, if it's a, we started our first event in a farm. I spoke in front of one person, two people, three people, I don't care. Even now, I accept every single invitation that I get. Every single one. Why? Because or is an opportunity for me to sell, but at the beginning is an opportunity for me to become better mm -hmm. and to get rid of my nerves. Mm. Because if you're not used to it, it's nerve-wracking. You got your heart, which is because sweaty hands and the words are not coming out. So you got you got this lesson five years ago. Yeah. And you are still saying yes to every opportunity. You won't, you won't forget this in 10 years when you will be the super, super uh, star a, Simone Vincenzi. It's, um, it's all about, I, I don't believe in absolutes. Mm -hmm. So will, will I always be this way? Yeah. Probably not. Things will change. The, but at the moment, that's what's working well. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, there are a lot of people that will say to me, oh, no, why, why are you still speaking there? because uh, you could have that time spent on speaking on another stage, or they will say to me, it's not good for your brand, and I get it. Yeah. But it's still my personal choice, because I said, I make money every time I speak. Yeah. I, for the past three and a half years, I never done a speaking engagement where I never got at least one single client. So anyway, even if there are three people in the library, I know that one or two of these three people, they're gonna become clients, and I'm happy with yeah. that. Yeah. And on the other hand, it's also a chance for me to change lives. I don't do speaking just for the money. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Money is really good and it's passion, but the reason why I started, which is my big reason yeah, why, yeah. is to change lives. In this case, changing you businesses. don't forget this, ever. And for me, doing a lot of even charity work or working with young people for free, I'm happy because I'm living my purpose. And as I said at the beginning, it's not just about money. Money is a part of the equation. So that's why at the moment, that's what feels right for me. And uh, it's also an opportunity for me to test new material mm -hmm. that I can bring to the biggest stages. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you're looking at stand-up comedians, like I did a stand-up comedy gig recently. Have you ever done stand-up comedy? Not yet, but my seminars are like stand-up comedy. I can imagine. <laughs> I'm looking forward to come to one of your seminars. <laughs> are you doing, doing some in English? 
Uh, yeah, so, I did some. Uh, okay, yeah. well, next time you have a seminar in English, yeah. invite me because I, I'm yeah. sure you're gonna be fun, fun. as hell. <laughs> I, I, I want to be there. Uh, so I did my first stand-up comedy gig, and um, stand-up comedy as an art is an art and a science. Yeah, it's one of the most difficult things I've done because uh, you need to create a laugh every 20 seconds, and to create uh, about five minutes of material. I had about a 30-minute set, and of the 30 minutes, only five minutes were good, right? And if you're looking at all these stand-up comedians that uh, they go on stage and they make people laugh every time, yeah. like clockwork, you know, the Kevin Hart, you know, the Michael McIntyres, or whoever you're following, they are doing still small gigs for free to test their material, yeah. to test new stories to test new jokes. And that's for me the same. I'm testing new materials. I'm testing another different mm -hmm. way to sell a story. Why? Because I've got nothing to lose. I've got three people there. <laughs> so then when I'm doing the gig with 500, 1,000, 2,000, 5,000 people, yeah. I know that I'm going to smash it. I know that I'm going to stand out compared to all the other speakers mm -hmm. because I'm willing to put more work in. Yeah, great. Let's go back to, to your second passion. Yeah. Which I was, I was amazed. <laughs> you are the size like, like me. And your second passion, or first one, is basketball. It's basketball, yeah. Can you explain <laughs> me playing? You still play basketball. You, you know, yeah, I play basketball. So I'm 29 at the moment. Uh, going 13 two weeks. So almost on the, on the I'm adding the three, the three to the eight now. Yeah. So for those of you that are watching and you think you're still too young to start a business, he's only 29 years old and uh, crushing it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, uh, something that I always loved, I started when I played when I was 12. And uh, I remember I could, uh, I could play five hours, <laughs> five hours straight in an afternoon. No, in Italy, it's super hot in the summer. But I, we're starting playing at four, five o'clock in the afternoon until nine o'clock in the evening, or sometimes 9.30, up until the sun was coming down. And uh, when I play, when I was playing, there was nothing else. It, uh, should, be, it should be football. It should be. <laughs> but you know Italian, what? They should play football, not basketball. I, I know, I know. That's, <laughs> that's what people, that's the stereotype. But for me, basketball was my football. Yeah. Basketball was my football at the time. And uh, at the age of 18, I had to make a choice because working in a restaurant in a professional level, I couldn't, I'm working evenings and weekends. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't attend trainings and I couldn't attend the games. So I stopped. And uh, I started again when I was uh, 27. Mm -hmm. So I had a gap of nine years without playing basketball. I was still going to the gym and doing some yoga or activities, mm -hmm. but I've, it was one-off, it wasn't a training. And then at 27, I went, I bought the basketball again, and I went to the court uh, close to my house, and I spent three and a half hours there by myself just shooting. And it felt like it was 10 minutes. And I said to myself, why did I stop it? And uh, I think that, you know, for everyone that is mm -hmm. listening or watching, sometimes we put on hold the things that are most important for us or that makes us happiest mm -hmm. because we think, we say to ourselves, oh, we don't have enough time for this or I need to build a business force or I have uh, this com commitment with my family yeah. or I need to go to work. And 
But at the same time, those things, they're the things that makes our life rich. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't imagine my life right now without basketball. Like, I couldn't imagine my life right now without my wife. I couldn't imagine my life right now without a business. I couldn't imagine my life right now without a didgeridoo. And basketball is what gives me the energy to do anything else. When I have a bad day in business, mm-hmm. I'm spending three hours on the basketball court. I'm coming back to business more fired, even more fired up than before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, right now I play at the professional level in the, in the UK league in the fourth division. And yes, I'm I'm short, but I'm deadly. <laughs> <laughs> From 3.0. Three point. Yeah, three don't point, don't leave him alone. <laughs> don't don't leave me alone. Otherwise, a three point shot. It's yeah. Gonna go at in. the breakfast, you told me you are making other players tired. Yeah, that's You're that's the one that makes other players tired. That's what I do. I run. I run a lot. So I go in. I make other players tired. I run up and down the court, and I make three point shots. Wow. That's my game. So this is your way of getting back the energy. And how, how many hours per day you sleep? Like, when do you go to bed? Um, most of the time, seven hours. That's enough? That's enough for me, seven hours. It seven, it's perfect. It is good, but it, it, it depends. So uh, go to bed when? Listen, uh, two o'clock in the morning. No way. Yeah. Really? I wake and up at nine. And, wow. Most of the time, but sometimes uh, I go to bed at I go to bed at eleven, and I wake up at six, mm-hmm. uh, depending on what uh, commitments I mm-hmm. have. But the majority of the time, I'll go to sleep around one o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. then waking up at eight or nine o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and uh, that's what I found uh, is good for me because I like. Uh, there, are, there is some some work. For example, when I'm writing my articles mm-hmm. or writing my books, creating material or maybe we are working on a page on a website mm-hmm. or something. I like to do it during the night. Mm. No one is disturbing me. I get a lot done. Everyone is sleeping. And I hate waking up early in the morning. I hate that. <laughs> oh like, my God. It's like I'm listening to myself <laughs> like seven months ago. Yeah. Yeah. But it's going to change. When you will have kids, you will see. <laughs> That's the thing. You, you won't be able to sleep till 8 or 9 a.m. Uh, so you will have to... And I'm, and I'm, and I'm flexible with that. Yeah. I know that that's going to happen. In fact, right now, don't have kids yet. Uh, they're coming soon. So, yeah. uh, coming soon? Uh, we, we, yeah, we are, we are planning to have uh, some kids within a year. Two kids, huh? Uh, that's my plan. That's your plan. Uh, maybe not within a year, both of them. <laughs> no, <laughs> you never know. Why not? I, I never know. We, we, we are you open. You have to be open. Yeah. We, we are open to it, but we want to. We want now to have a family. We have been married because uh, mm-hmm. we just got married. We, met, we got married last year. Mm. So we wanted to have. Thank you. Yeah. We wanted to have a year, two years, where we could just enjoy ourselves mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and travel and do married stuff without kids. <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, that was the biggest advice we received. Don't yeah. get kids immediately. Really? Enjoy your time together first. Couple Who of gave years. you this advice? Uh, a lot of families that have kids immediately. <laughs> I, would, I would give you different advice. Okay, what's your advice? Have the kid as soon as you can. Why? Mm-hmm. I couldn't have a baby for 10 years with my wife. Oh, really? Yeah. And I, I could find out this before, if I would study to make a baby before. So this is my advice to everybody that is listening. Don't wait. Mm. You go home today and you try. 
Let me send a text. <laughs> Get her ready. <laughs> but it's true, you know. Sometimes we are planning too much, you know. Yeah. Not this year, not next year, and then it's not like we are going to 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 the shop and we buy a, a book or a, a piece of bread. So yeah, for us it was like ten years, ten years. One year goes like that. Second year goes like that. And then third and fourth and fifth and sixth and seventh and eighth and ten. My advice to everybody that is young is have a baby as soon as possible. Like yesterday. If she is the one, have a baby. Yeah. Don't calculate. I have to finish my study. I have to get a degree. I have to find a job. We have to move here. We no. That's my advice. So it's a different advice. I, I think and, and this is a the thing about advice, yeah. we always give advice from our personal yes, experience. That's it. Yeah. I, and uh, I can see that from uh, your point of view. Yeah. That's a very good advice. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, it, it's, I'm sure it's not been easy. Yeah. To study but you still have time. But uh, this is this is the point. We always say, I have time. I am young. Yeah. When I started to think about a baby with my wife, I had 27 years. I was 27 years old, mm -hmm. and I got my first baby when I was. 30. Almost 40. Almost 40. So that's why I'm giving this advice. <laughs> maybe it's well, not, I'll maybe send, I'll not, text. Maybe it's not <laughs> the right <laughs> one. Okay, let's talk, let's talk about business. <laughs> let's talk about business. I made you think a little bit. You made me think. Yeah. You definitely made so me think. So let's talk about the productivity tips yeah. or time management tips that you have. Yeah. You're busy actually. And is there any productivity time management tip that that is the root cause of your productivity. Yes, uh, it's called uh, time blocking. Mm -hmm. Probably you've heard about this before. Okay, but how you do it? Uh, the way time blocking works yeah. is uh, the principle behind it uh, mm -hmm. is saying that uh, if you have any free time in your calendar, mm -hmm. you will fill up with stuff that are not relevant. Mm -hmm. Because uh, as human beings, we perform best where we have an intention of what we are going to do and we yeah. give ourselves a certain time frame. Yeah. That's why, for example, sport and competitions yeah. get people to perform better because uh, they have a specific outcome for a limited period of time. Mm -hmm. And that's the same uh, way I run my day. I run my day as a, I have very different competition to get through throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And every time is planned and every time is scheduled in the calendar. Mm -hmm. Now, that uh, was very difficult to create because it kind of goes against my nature. Yeah. Because I'm very spontaneous. Spontaneous, yeah. Like, eh, I want to yeah. do this. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. let's do it. Mm -hmm. In fact, right now, I have a scheduled time for spontaneous activities. Mm. <laughs> right? Right. So, but even spontaneous activities are planned. Are planned. They are, they are happening in this day. Or I will leave some allocated time or some buffers for mm -hmm. that so I can just do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. But it's planned. And that helps me being much more focused and much more productive mm -hmm. and get done everything I want to get done. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, I mean, as entrepreneurs, the, there is never enough time in a day. No. Particularly when you have a family or other Absolutely. passions and so on. There's so many things that uh, we want to do, in particular mm -hmm. if you're like mm -hmm. us, mm -hmm. incredibly creative. We wake up with an idea, well, and by the time we, have never, we haven't finished yet thinking about that idea, yeah, we yeah. have another five that are popping up. And 
in an ideal world, we would love to execute on everything. Mm -hmm. So what I'm doing right now is making sure that uh, every day is planned ahead. Mm -hmm. In fact, we are creating our, even our own planner, which mm -hmm. is called the Expert Journal, mm -hmm. to help uh, experts plan their days. Mm -hmm. And, uh, specifically for experts. Specifically wow, for right. experts, specifically for an expert business. Great, great. Because that's I, the way I like we work. the idea. We have... I will uh, promote it. Thank you very much. Yeah. We, is uh, now, as we speak, going to proofread. Probably by the time this interview is live, mm -hmm. uh, the planner is going to be ready. And uh, it starts from the assumption that you need to plan your day in the evening. Mm -hmm. And you need to plan your week at the beginning of the mm -hmm. week. And you need to plan your month at the beginning of the month. And you need to plan your year at the beginning of the year. Absolutely. So what we are getting people is to plan their year, but uh, instead of planning the entire year, it's about, it goes in three-month chunks, mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. 90 days chunks. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because 90 days are, and this is following a great book uh, called The 12-Week Year. Yeah, yeah. Awesome book yeah. on productivity. I recommend to everyone to yeah. read. That's, uh, we use that methodology following that principle because 90 days are enough time to get something substantial done or created and, and launched. And to stay focused. And to stay focused. But it's not too long, like mm -hmm. a year, when uh, you know you arrive in September and you're saying, wow, I haven't done anything of what I wanted to do. Yeah. So we are focusing on, on mm -hmm. that side and we get people to plan their days the night before. Mm -hmm. So I plan always my day my night before. And I know also at the beginning of the week what I'm going to do for the week. What are my tasks? Mm -hmm. What is the task that I'm going to delegate, which means that I'm going to give to my team? Mm -hmm. What is that I'm going to do? Where I'm going to spend time with my team? When I'm going to spend time with my family? Because that's actually the most important time. Mm -hmm. Whenever I plan anything, family time and holidays, they go in first. And then business mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. will go around. I don't know if you do something yeah. probably similar. Yeah. With kids, is even yeah, yeah. <laughs> more important yeah. to do Absolutely, that. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So, what is the typical day like for you? What, what, what activities yeah. are um, at the core of your focus? Uh, content creation. So, every okay. day I sit down and I write my email to my mm -hmm. list every mm -hmm. single day. Mm -hmm. Wake up, first thing I do, sit down, write my email. Okay. Then uh, uh, I will generally before that I will do some meditation. Mm -hmm. I like meditating in the morning. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, then I will do I will review my day, write my email, and then I will check in with my team. Mm -hmm. What is that I need to delegate throughout mm -hmm. the day? What is that uh, I need to check a project that they're going on? Mm -hmm. Receive an update from them, and so I know that they are set for the day. Mm -hmm. Then I will go in, uh, I will have time uh, for sales, marketing related mm -hmm. activities. Some uh, three days a week I have time with my clients mm -hmm. and uh, around four days, four days a week I will always have an interview or on television or on mm -hmm. a podcast. Uh, I will be on a seminar, mm -hmm. speaking somewhere, running my own events. Mm -hmm. So generally four out of seven days every okay. week, I'm on the road speaking. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's content creation, managing a team, speaking, speaking uh, or media. Speaking or media and then feeding clients as well in between. Mm -hmm. And then every Monday I have a, is, my, um, uh, is, is my team day. Uh -huh, so okay. we are doing our, all our team meetings and our team trainings every single Monday. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we have a catch-up and also we have a specific training on a specific area of the business mm -hmm, that we are outsourcing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
uh, for the team. So that's all done on Monday. And I generally tend to keep my Mondays quite light mm -hmm. because I, at the moment, I'm speaking a lot of weekends. Mm -hmm. So it means that the Monday becomes Your half week. a day off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or, but then I will always have two hours dedicated to the team mm -hmm. as well. Can you talk about some dangerous situation that almost destroyed your business or your spirit <laughs> at the beginning? Many. Did you ever think to yeah. give up on everything? Oh yeah, many times. I still do. <laughs> <laughs> At least once a week. <laughs> why, why on earth am I doing this? Yes. <laughs> Um, I think it's but it comes the time that we are asking this question ourselves, like, why am I doing this? And then what the answer? What is the answer you get? It depends on what mood I'm in. That is honest, share, if, man. If I get a negative answer, I will, I will put it on hold and I'll yeah. get back to it when I have something better to say. Because I know I'm not going to quit. Absolutely. I know I'm not going to change. But there are those days where everything goes wrong and the team has problems, and the clients have problems, and now the software is breaking down, and there is this update that we haven't considered, so mm -hmm. all our paid advertisements are not working, and they all tend to happen in one single day. Mm -hmm. I don't know yeah, why, yeah, but they all yeah, do. Murphy. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so, uh, in these days, it's, it's not easy to keep up, but I, I have a, a folder with all the testimonials of my clients. Mm -hmm. So if I'm having a bad day, I will just go in that folder on Google Drive and start reading all the testimonials they have for my clients because I'm doing mm -hmm. this for them. I'm doing this for solving problems. Mm -hmm. And that gives me again back the motivation. Mm -hmm. Or the other things that I would do, I would go and play basketball mm -hmm. and completely be on the side. Mm -hmm. uh, I had, when, whenever I have a very bad day, or I see, I think that my mind mm -hmm. cannot think, I will stop working. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There is no point to force. Mm -hmm. So I might just put Netflix on and watch a movie and relax and then wait up until I'm calming down or play some music or go and play basketball and then wait up until I'm calming mm -hmm. down myself down to then uh, keep working again. Uh, you asked some, what happened. Uh, there was one time at the beginning mm -hmm. And I was going through my studies. And I quit, I just quit my job as a waiter. Okay. And I have, uh, I had few savings in the, in the account. And I used to plan the savings for, for six months. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't work. I had enough for, to live for six months, covering food, covering accommodation. And so I could go through my training to become a life coach and to complete them and just be focused on that and build the business at the same time. Unfortunately, at the very beginning, of this process, my grandfather died mm -hmm. in Italy. And that was my mom's dad. And me and my mom at the time, we haven't been speaking, as I said, for about three years. And in my mind, I knew that she needed help. I felt it. Mm -hmm. She needs help. Because my mom and her dad, they were very close. Mm -hmm. They were really close. So for her, it was a big hit. And I said to myself, I'm learning all this personal development stuff. If I'm not applying it with my family, mm -hmm. I failed. What's the purpose of spending all these thousands of pounds on trainings if I cannot apply them mm -hmm. with the people 
and use it with people that are the closest to me that I care the most about. So um, I went, um, I decided to make myself homeless uh, and uh, use that money to travel back to Italy every six months, every two weeks. And for six months I was living two weeks in Italy and two weeks in London. When I was living in Italy, I was staying at my mom. Yeah. And my mom didn't know anything about that. Because we were helping, I was helping her, just making sure that she was with me, helping my brother uh, with his studies when he was going to school, and just be a bit more present for my family in that moment. Mm -hmm. And then when I was leaving my two weeks in London, I had nowhere to stay. Because I couldn't afford moving back and forward, paying the rent without getting another job. And I couldn't find anything that could just cover me for two weeks over the month. Absolutely. So I decided to do what I had, and uh, I took it as an adventure. I took everything I had, gave it away to charity, and uh, I started living for uh, six months for just what could fit in a backpack. And uh, it was one of the best experiences of my life. It was one of the absolute best experiences of my life. Why, why, what did you learn? I learned what it's like to live with nothing. Mm. <laughs> and it's the best thing in the world. <laughs> because, I mean, it's easy to get caught up in the doing, in the having, and building the business, and mm -hmm. making the money. But that's a part of happiness. I think that the real happiness is that when you're happy with yourself, mm -hmm. with you and nothing else. And that's what I've learned, how to be happy with myself with nothing. And also it was a, a test to, for me, was a statement to what I was willing to do in order to make it happen in, mm -hmm. my, in my field. I, I, that, there was no stronger commitment. Like, I'm committed, no matter, no matter what it takes, I'm going to make it, no matter what the circumstances. And that experience shaped me to who I am now. Because, for, in particular, I now I know I can live with nothing. So if everything goes wrong, mm -hmm. everything goes bust, I have my didgeridoo, I can go bask on the street. And that's fine. I made money basking on the street. I paid my bills basking on the street with a didgeridoo. I can live with nothing, and uh, I'm happy with that. Of course, before I didn't have a, I wasn't married, so mm -hmm. it's a very different situation. Okay, yeah. But if everything falls apart, I know I have enough within me to, to survive, mm -hmm. to make it, and to get back on track as well. Did you share this with your mother? Yeah. What happened? <laughs> I shared it after, uh, I think, last year. No. Yeah. Like after a couple after of years? Yeah, after five years wow. at least. So what happened? She said, I'm crazy. <laughs> I said, are you crazy? Why have you done this? Uh, and actually, she learned it from an interview. Mm. She was watching an interview I was doing, and I was sharing the story. And I received a phone call and said, Is this true? The fact is that my mom doesn't speak much English. So okay. I didn't, that's why I was sharing also the story without my mom knowing, yeah. because I didn't understand, I didn't think my mom yeah. could understand. I said, I've taken English classes. <laughs> so I could follow you. <laughs> wow. And I've learned about this story. Is that true? Uh, yeah, it's true. That's what I did when granddad died. 
Like, oh, you're crazy. Why have you done this? Blah, blah, blah. You didn't have to. I said, well, that's what I chose to do. And my mom knows my character. If I choose something, I'm going to do it anyway. And she had learned yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was a very troublesome teenager. <laughs> I gave her a lot of grief. <laughs> she was saying something. I was doing the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> Always. So. I know somebody like that. <laughs> really? Yeah. Very close. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Great share. Warrior Productivity Strategies is a free ebook you can download at www.warriorfamily.com. It will help you be productive, focused, and motivated. You will achieve great success in a short amount of time. Okay, if there was a reset button for your business and you had to start it over again, mm-hmm. what would you do differently to take a short cut? Yeah. I would uh, focus on... Um, I would focus on sales more than anything else. Mm-hmm. I think I've been fluffing about for too long. <laughs> uh, sales and money is, is the oxygen of a business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to keep yourself busy as an entrepreneur. And I think that's what I did uh, at the beginning because I, I saw progress. At the beginning, you see progress because mm-hmm. you have nothing. So progress is easy to see. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't translate in money in the bank account. So the first thing I would do is uh, stop fluffing about and building a website and doing all my social media and all this kind of stuff is to go out, give a presentation and focus on sales. This is a huge one. That's it. You're speaking to me too. (laughs) (laughs) But this this is very important because when I train other coaches and speakers back in my country, they do the same mistake. They think about everything else, not about getting on the phone or getting on the stage and do something that will bring money in. This is great, great share. What advice would you give to somebody that is so young, like 20 and something, and they want to start a business? They think they have to have money to start a business. They have to have all the connections in the world, experience, uh, they have to read all the books, attend all the courses, consume all the information to be perfect and r- wait for the right time and the right moment to show up. So if someone is thinking like this, I will say you're never going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. If, some, if, if you describe yeah, that yeah, person... I, I know that they are watching say, right now. If you would say to that person, if that's the situation, say give up, you're never going to make it. Because there is never going to be the perfect time. No. It's never. And uh, there is a great book called The Power of Broke. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Power of Broke? Yeah. Uh, John Diamond, Diamond John, the, the founder of FUBU, mm-hmm. is a Shark Tank. I don't remember his name. Diamond is his surname. The Power uh, of Broke. The Power of Broke. And the concept of the book is that you are a better per business person if you're broke, then if you start with a lot of money. Because at the beginning, you're going to make mistakes anyway. Now, if you have a million dollars to spend, you're going to waste that million dollars. Uh, yeah. Because you don't know, you don't have enough business experience to understand how to make that million dollars mm-hmm. become $10 million. Yeah. But if you can make 
$1 and turn it into $10 and then turn $10 in $100 and turn $100 into $1,000. Mm-hmm. Then now you're understanding your business. Now you're understanding the dynamic of making money. Now mm-hmm. you're understanding how to work. So my recommendation is someone wants to start, start. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fail. It's part of the process. Mm-hmm. You're going to suck at the beginning. Yes, and it's fine to suck at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But learn from your mistakes. Keep working on it. And then the other thing that I would say is, uh, and oh, this is something that is shocking me about this industry. Mm-hmm. Everyone is saying, quit your job, start your business. Mm-hmm. I'm saying this is stupid. Well, controversial. <laughs> the reason why is because uh, it's difficult to run a business without money. Somehow you need to support yourself. If you have a family, you're putting your family on the line. I see a lot of entrepreneurs doing that. Now, if you have that kind of personality mm-hmm. that works better, if you cut all the bridges, that's fine. But not everyone is like that. Actually, there's small okay. percentages like that. It's better to have a job and test your business ideas and then arrive to the point where your business income allows you to replace your job and make it part-time. And then when your business income allows you to replace uh, mm-hmm. your job and make it full-time and then stay full-time in the mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. There are a few reasons why. If you have no money, you need to build a website, you have to build it yourself. You need to build a system, you need to build it yourself. You need to do everything yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did at the beginning. I was very stubborn. Mm-hmm. And uh, at one point I realized, you know what, there is nothing wrong in having a job and working at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I could use the money that I have in my job and pay other people uh-huh. to do stuff in my business so I could focus on what was most important, which is making calls and closing mm-hmm. clients to replace my income mm-hmm. and leave all the rest. But I had enough money to pay mm-hmm. my bills. I had enough money to pay some other people to work with me. And in particular, I didn't have to stress so much because being without money consistently for a long period of mm-hmm. time is stressful. Yeah. Not knowing how you're gonna eat tomorrow, not going how you're gonna pay your rent. And I think that a lot of people are living this dream, you know, the self-made entrepreneur, because it's media, right? Yeah. It makes yeah, good yeah, stories. Yeah, yeah. I was broke and now I'm multimillionaire. And then broke again and then millionaire again. <laughs> and so a lot of people will make themselves broke to live that story. And subconsciously. Subconsciously, right? Because it makes media. They say, well, this is what entrepreneurs do. No, great entrepreneurs mitigate risks. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, what great yeah, entrepreneurs yeah. do. So how can I get a maximum outcome with a minimal risk? Yeah. That's what it, and that will be my biggest advice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, where can we find more information about you and your business? Yeah, um, to thank you very much for asking. Yeah. There are a few places. Uh, okay. The best one, uh, so if you're listening to a podcast or you're watching podcasts, uh, you might like podcasts, so you, you subscribe to mine too, <laughs> yeah. which is uh, Explode Your Expert Biz. Okay. So Explode Your, your Expert, Expert Biz. biz. And that's, uh, you can find it on every podcasting mm-hmm. platform. Mm-hmm. Or you can go on my website, uh, and which is www.gtex.org.uk. Mm-hmm. 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 So www.gtex.org.uk. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, I have a lot of resources for you that you can download, uh, like a selling from the stage checklist. Yeah. So someone wants to become a great presenter, make money selling from the stage, yeah. I have a checklist on how to create a presentation that converts from start to finish. That's absolutely for free. You can download it on the homepage on the mm -hmm. website. Thank you very much. Uh, I have one last question. Yep. You don't have a baby yet, but today you have plenty of time. <laughs> <laughs> I've already sent my text. You have, uh, you have plenty of time. <laughs> but imagine yourself that you have five, that you have a baby. Yeah. Uh, or there are some kids out there. You have five seconds to live. What would be the last, I call it the power, the last message that you would send to your kids that would stay with them till the rest of their lives, something that would inspire them. Yeah. Perseverance is more powerful than gifts. Perseverance is more powerful than gifts. Yeah. Simone, thank you very much for taking your precious time and coming to my show. It's nice here in London. It's not raining. <laughs> <laughs> You're actually really lucky. We had a great yeah. summer. Yeah, so it is, really. <laughs> coming at the right time. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm looking forward to oh. work with you and see you next time. Thank Thanks you. for inviting yeah. me. Yeah. Resources from this interview are available online. Visit www.warriorfamily.com and download the free book Lessons from Millionaires with all the resources mentioned in the interview. If you want to be a warrior who has it all, Visit www.warriorfamily.com and download my ebooks for free. Learn all about warrior productivity, habits, mindset, marketing, and sales strategies, confidence boosters, and many other things. I promise that you won't be disappointed. More valuable content is waiting for you on my social media profiles Instagram, Smillion Mori, YouTube and Facebook, Smillion Mori, Warrior Family. Twitter, Smilian Mori, and LinkedIn, Smilian Mori.